Welcome to Radio Catskill's celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month, where we honor the rich and diverse cultures, traditions, and contributions of Hispanic and Latino communities in Sullivan County. Veronica Serrano's journey to becoming the Kenneth L. Rutherford Elementary School principal was anything but typical. Veronica, welcome to the program. Can you tell us how you ended up in Sullivan County? Been born in, in Brooklyn to parents of Ecuadorian and Puerto Rican descent. I actually ended up in Sullivan County when we were looking to relocate. We were looking to purchase a home. We were a young family at the time, and trying to find something in New York City was out of our economic wheelhouse. We were unable to afford anything. So we decided to come out and look a little further out. And my sister actually found, it was called at the time, Ashley Estates. And we just took a leap of faith and said, you know what, this is where we want to raise our families. So that brought us into Orange County. Being in Orange County at the time, I decided at that time I needed to be a stay-at-home mom. Commuting to New York City was just, it wasn't an option. It was just something that was not going to work. So I was a stay-at-home mom for a bit. And then I decided to get into working as a substitute teacher as I was pursuing my degree in accounting because I thought accounting, I could work from home, still raise the kids. Perfect plan. There's something else in store for me when I started working as a substitute teacher. My second day was a an assignment with a bilingual classroom. And that moment, that interaction with those students, I don't know. It was like a light bulb. And I knew at that very moment, this was what I was created to do. This was it. And it was like such a powerful moment because I think a lot of us go through life wondering, what is my purpose? What is my purpose on this earth, right? And that moment, it was just so impactful. So I completed my degree, uh, my accounting degree, and went right into education at that time. My education, it took a while. As you can imagine, I was raising four young children, working part-time, going to school full-time. It was a lot to juggle. And I look back now and I say, wow, it must have been something that I really wanted because here I am. Now, right after so much hard work, once I completed my degree, I ended up working in Fallsburg. Um, in Fallsburg, I don't know if you're familiar, but they have a very large um, Latinx population. And that was what brought me to that location. I wanted to make sure that I was going to be surrounded by Latin families that I can support that sound and look like me. That was the goal. And I was there for about seven years. And while I was working there, I pursued my bilingual education. And then I went into administration. Um, looking for an admin job brought me into Monticello. Um, Dr. Um, Evans gave me the opportunity to be the AP here. So I was working as an AP for two years. And then last year, um, it wasn't anything that I would have ever imagined. I was encouraged to apply for the position. Um, by the MTA here, and I applied for the principal position, and here I am now. And I still, I wake up every morning, I love what I do. I love just the fact that this little girl from Brooklyn who never thought she would be in education, like that was the furthest thing from my mind. I said, I don't look like them. I don't sound like them. Growing up in the public system in New York City at the back in the 80s, all of my teachers were male ca Caucasians. 
I was like, I would never, like, I, I don't even think I didn't have the confidence, the self-esteem, the belief in myself to think that something like that would ever come to pass. But I also do believe that I'm a very faithful woman. And I believe that what is meant for you will come to pass at one. It's not when you think we set these time frames for ourselves and I want to accomplish this by X amount of time or by this time. But I think that everything comes to pass when it should. Here I am. Um, and I still can't believe it. Some days when I come into the building, I'm like, oh, I'm the principal. Yes, I am. <laughs> it's a very gratifying feeling to know that that is something that I was able to accomplish. I think my biggest regret is my dad not being here to see it. He passed away a few years ago, but he was such a proponent of education. He himself never went to college, but he believed um, so much in education. He he would always say, me, he thought you could do anything that you believe in. And I always carry that with me because it, I think um, seeing my story, it, it's true. I think it's if you want it bad enough, you're going to work and make the sacrifice to make it come to pass. So, and that's what's brought me here. I'm sorry to hear the passing of your father. You know, it's amazing to hear that moment that you discovered what was your passion, what you meant to do in this world, like you said, and top of that, you're being bilingual and all the stereotypes that come out there in this world that, you know, because of your last name, because of the way your skin color looks, you can only achieve certain uh, things in your life. And you had the struggle of being a, a parent, uh, raising four kids and still going to work and trying to go to school and to create a career for your children. In any culture, you want your children to have a better life than you had. So I congratulate you for pursuing and not letting the, the judgment of the world bog you down and not let you pursue your dreams. Being afraid of what others thought and when they see me, when they see my skin and they hear the accent and my voice, what are they going to say? How am I going to be perceived? And I think for many years, what I gauged as I was going through my college career was if I passed that exam and I get an A on that paper, then it's meant to be. So I put these goals in place. And I was like, if I do that and do that, then I'm heading in the right direction. And I was like, every step I took, there was also people that were placed in my path, I would say by God, that would just speak life into my situation and say, you're going to be amazing. When you start interviewing, like the school district is just going to nab you up. I was like, what do they see that I don't see? Because I didn't see that in myself. Um, being here now, I'm, I'm thankful to those that took the time to invest in me. And I think that's where I feel I have to pay it forward. And being in this position, I'm given the opportunity to give hope to our parents, to our students, to so many that I come across that I almost feel like it's my mission in life now to be able to elevate others. And being in this position affords me that opportunity, especially with the Latin community, because when they come in, I'm the first one to greet them, right? No one else in my office is able to communicate. So they're like, oh, Mrs. Serrano, we have a family that needs you. And I feel that's just a validation that I'm where I should be, that I'm where I'm meant to be right now. I don't know what the next five years look like. I never in a million years thought I would be in this position. So I'm just I'm like, wow, what's the next journey? Like, what's the next step here? And just being able to work with those families, being able to work with a migrant education, which is another community that is so near and dear to my heart, is also a blessing. So trying to get those folks into my building is my next step. Like, how do I get them in here to work with our families? 
So it's, it's exciting to be able to be in this position of authority and power to some extreme because you get to make some of those decisions. So inviting those agencies in and inviting our families in and letting them know that there is support here for them and letting them know, I understand you, I see you, I validate you, you're important. All of those things matter because when I was in school, I didn't feel that way. I felt the opposite. I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel validated. I felt like my language was more of a hindrance than a strength. And now I see it as, wow, all along, that was my superpower and I didn't even know it. So I get excited when I get to communicate and connect with the families in the community. Timon will only tell of how much an impact you had on the students. I'm just recalling a story I interviewed recently, an older gentleman who recounted a story of how a teacher negatively impacted him, tolling, telling him something that he couldn't do, that he was passionate about and how that sort of influenced his life later on. And you think about it, a man and older in his age still thinking about what happened decades ago from this one interaction with this one teacher. So it could go both ways, positive and negatively. And But it shows you the impact that someone in education has on a student. Be seen and know that there is, there's hope, right? I think sometimes we feel so hopeless in our own situation because we don't feel like we're seen. And I want our students to know that they're seen, that they're validated, they're cared for, and that anything that they can conjure up in their mind that they want to be will come to pass. But it takes hard work. I think we miss that sometimes. Oh, this is what I want to do. But what is the plan to get there? There are steps that we need to take. I think back to my college coursework, and it felt like I was never going to be done. Like all these courses, oh my goodness, but I would check them off. I was so diligent, oh, only 39 more classes to go. And then when I got to the bitter end, it was just like so overwhelming. I was like, I did it. Oh my goodness, like I actually did it. But it takes commitment and hard work and you just have to have the stamina. And sometimes even when you have the best intentions, if you don't have the proper supports, it's really an uphill battle. And sometimes one very difficult to overcome I was blessed that I had the support of my family, which made a difference, the support of my professors and people that actually believed in me, even when I didn't believe in myself. And that's the key for our students is that they need to know that even when they don't believe in themselves, that we believe in them, that we see something in them that they maybe don't see in themselves yet, but we know it's in there. So how do we unlock it? That's I, I think that's the beauty of education, that it's helping them unlock that one. And it could be something so simple, like connecting in their native language. And they look at me and they're like, oh, and she's in that position and she looks and she sounds like me like I can do it. Yeah. And you could do more than that. Not just it doesn't stop here, but what else can you dream of? And I think that's my mission. I think I'm like on a life mission of wanting these kids all kids, not just the ones that look like me, but especially the ones that look like me, to believe in themselves. And that starts with us being able to help them unlock whatever that is. Sometimes it's not even so much what we say, but it's even just that glance, that hug, that smile, that letting them know, I see you. Just something as simple as knowing their name. My name, of course I know your name. It, it's just those, it's in the little things, I think, um, that really makes a difference for them to know that they're here for and see. 
Looking back in my uh, high school years, I just remember a couple of teachers who, really one really, who really had a, a positive influence in me and made me appreciate the importance of education and made me want to come to school. So I could definitely relate to that experience of having someone have an impact on me. When I first met you, it was in the hallways of the Moscow Central School District Elementary School, and you walked in and automatically you were helping bilingual family. And that's something the Monticello has made efforts in helping the bilingual population. So I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit more. I don't know if you're familiar with migrant education. They're a program based out of um, SUNY New Paltz. And what they do is they provide tutoring for our migrant families. So there's a criteria that you need to fall into. But our families that are willing to complete the paperwork and apply to the services get home tutoring. The tutors also come to the school and pull the students in small group. And they give them other supports if they need, for example, to go see a lawyer. They, they need legal support, things like that. Migrant Ed is also an amazing resource for them if they need help navigating social services. Anything related to that, they help the families. So it's not only helping educate the students, but it's also educating the family and helping the family get the services that, that they need. So Migrant is very near and dear to my heart. I started working with them when I was in Fallsburg. And then I was I worked through the summer with them. And now I reconnected with them to try to get them here into the Monticello Central School District. As you said earlier, we do have a growing Latin population. Getting them here to partner with us would be an amazing scene. They are um, amazing at gathering the families. They're approachable. Um, very caring and humble women that work for that program. So I'm excited to be able to team up with them. We're trying to get them here. So that's one of the initiatives that we're taking. Um, as you said, we do have a district um, translator, but now with our population increasing, we might have to look into extending that. What else is happening here uh, in terms of our population? Oh, as as our numbers increase, it looks like we might have to move into a bilingual program. We would have to bring that to the community and the community has to vote. But I'm very excited. I am like beside myself if that happens. I would love to be involved in any way possible leading that charge. I was involved when that was rolled out in Fallsburg. And it's, it's just exciting to be able to provide students with that, with the opportunity to learn both languages simultaneously and not feel like one is lesser than the other, because it's not. I think um, our native language is rich and beautiful and full of culture, and that needs to be validated through the dual language program. They're learning both languages, so it's not like they're losing part of their identity. On the very opposite, they're using that to build on their language skills. So it's something that I'm hoping that we will, in the near future, be able to bring to Monticello. Absolutely. I think a program like that is, is fantastic and great that exists. I, I know just looking back at my parents' history and when they went through in the education system, it was tough for having, back then they weren't bilingual services. And I just think about all the folks that fell through the cracks in the education system thought of as remedial or lazy or whatever. And it wasn't that. There were a lot of smart people out there, but it just didn't know the language and couldn't grasp the, the language because English is, is a hard language to learn. Uh, especially if you're new to it. So I applaud you for, you know, bringing that program to Monticello and being part of the change and helping those people, making it less tough for them down the road. I appreciate that. It, it is um, something that I always 
kept in the back of my mind, right? Being a minority woman and owning my space, I think I had a difficult time initially when I was looking for an admin degree to how do I own my space and how do I sell myself? And it's something that I've always found to be very challenging for me to speak about my story and to really own the space. But I think that the more I speak about it and the more I see that it has an impact on others, the more comfortable I feel with it. So I thank you for this opportunity um, because it's something that I would have never thought about <laughs> doing um, until you and I met. And I said, you know what? Um, my story isn't my own, right? It's, I think we go through things in life to share with others and to help others and build others up. So they, I hope that's what others get when they hear my story, that it's not impossible. It is possible. It just takes takes a lot of hard work and commitment. Yeah, absolutely. Are you the first Latina principal for the Monticello? I think I am. And I think I'm the only, right now, the only minority on the team, if I'm not mistaken. I'm glad that you are there, that you are there to be representative to the community. And it's weird to say that now in this day and age, for me personally, that you're the first X, Y, and Z in 2023. It should have happened a lot sooner. But it's, like I say, it's important that you are there representing the community and being that bridge. Yeah, so, absolutely. Opening the door for others, right? There always has to be, in order for it to occur, there always has to be a first, right? So I'm willing to, to be that first as long as others follow through the door. Right. That's what we want. We want to be able to not just me and my own, but how can I bring others with me? So that's my hope. Absolutely. Veronica, before we go, is there anything else we had that touched on you want folks to know about, about your thoughts or about Hispanic Heritage Month? I think what I would leave others with is that when we think about poverty and I growing up, I didn't even know I was poor. I look back now and I was like, oh, that's what that was. But being able to tell others that education is really the one way out. And I think that our, our children need to understand the impact that education can have on our lives. So I hope that our students will, will take that to heart and know that this is the one way that can lead them into greater things and break that chain of poverty. That's my hope for my community, that they really lean on education and not, quote unquote, call it like it's a white thing, right? Because growing up, um, I would hear that a lot, like, oh, you're trying to be white. No, education doesn't have a color. We're all entitled to it. Um, It's available for all of us who are willing to make the sacrifice and the commitment. So I hope that for my Latinos out there, that they really take the challenge and know that that is feasible, not easy. Because sometimes we think, oh, it's able, it's, um, po it's possible to happen, but it's not easy. You have to be well, willing to take the sacrifice and take the necessary steps and the commitment to make it come to pass. So I have no regrets with them sticking with education and taking the path that I did. It wasn't a straight on. I took a curvy long way to get here, but I got here. I think that's the most important part that no matter how many times I fell, that I was able to get back on and say, no, this is the direction I need to get on. So, and thank you for the opportunity to share my story. 
Thank you so much for telling your story. And thank you so much for being part of this program, Veronica. We'll talk to Veronica Serrano, the elementary school principal for the Monticello Central School District. Thank you so much for joining me on Hispanic Heritage Month.